Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Worryometer Wednesday. Well, you were worried we weren't going to show up. Zero on the worryometer for that. I know we're a little bit later today, but I wanted to put together a very thorough show, a very worrisome show where we can freak out about Josh Bell and Aaron Judge. And other players like that. I got Chris Towers here. What up, Chris? Adam, you're you're a good man and thorough. I'm thorough. What does you that mean? You, you hate that movie, don't you? You're you're a weirdo. What movie? You don't like uh, Big Lebowski. Oh right? no, I don't like the Big Lebowski. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. I'd like to watch it again. But I'll tell you a movie that I don't like that I would never watch again because it's it's so bad. Um, the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh come on. Terrible movie. Ugh. Just, uh, I hate all those movies. Like, not to be, like, a stereotype of my... Yeah, you are. Gender and socioeconomic status and, you know, all that. It's a very good movie. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to... <laughs> I don't know if that makes you a stereotype, but you are. No, it absolutely makes me a stereotype. I own vinyl and I like the Royal Tenenbaum. <laughs> you I are a stereotype. I Richie Tenenbaum for Halloween once. <laughs> yeah, you are. Okay. Uh... More pop culture, but also related to fantasy baseball. I think Chris enjoyed my tweet last night. Mike Talkman is greater than Tal Bachman, who sings, She's so high. It's a a great song. You see, we're letting our hair down a little bit. All right, Tuesday standouts. Let's start with that. A couple pitchers that are owned in less than 60% of leagues. I want to know if you're interested in adding them for your stretch run. Mike Fultonevich improved his slider and had a good start, five and a third, three runs. Is that good? No, not really, but it's encouraging for him. And seven strikeouts at Minnesota, the toughest lineup arguably in baseball. So I'll take that for Mike Fultonevich. I did not have any interest in this start. Um, but, you know, he worked on the slider in the minors. He came up, and apparently it was better. And five and a third, five hits, three runs, seven strikeouts at Minnesota. Denelson Lamette, this is a guy who entered the game with a 509 ERA, had not thrown more than 88 pitches, had not thrown more than five innings. Seven scoreless innings at Seattle, 12 strikeouts, four walks for Lamette, but his walk-to-strikeout ratio is terrific, and um, was flirting with the first no-hitter in Padres history. So Fultonevich and Lamette, what do you think? They're both owned in less than 60% of leagues. I'm more interested in Lamette than I am in Fultonevich. And that, I would say, mostly just because we haven't seen Denelson Lamette fail as much as we've seen my Fultonevich. Um, you know, even if you want to give Fultonevich a, a bit of a mulligan for earlier this season, you know, then you also probably have to give him a mulligan for last season when he was really good and performed at a level that he never been at before, but overall for his career, which is not a short amount of time, he's been like a four ERA guy. So I, I'm not saying I'm not at all interested in Fulton Evans, but give me the the mystery box of Denelson Lamette. But is he really a mystery box? Because I just I don't know how good the Met can be unless he pitches six innings. I the only thing I I know I'm going to get from Lamette is strikeouts. Everything mm-hmm. else is a is a mis- mystery box, but I feel like it's a mystery box that's going to have a bad 
prize in there, like a, um, like a Mike Fulton Evich. Well, Fulton Evich was really good last year, right? But like, really, his good. career is not just last year. I and his career has mostly been defined by us wondering, man, why doesn't Mike Fulton Evich get strikeouts? And, and then why he is picked it up better. Yeah, he picked it up. Well, I well the strikeouts. I mean, I, I Lamette's definitely going to get more strikeouts. All right, I'll I'll just leave it at that. Chris's answer will suffice. Any standouts for you? Oh, th- there were tons of standouts yesterday. I, I, I assume I haven't been on the podcast in a few days, but I assume we've talked a lot about Nelson Cruz. Uh, you know, it's like, what are you going to say about Nelson Cruz? But I do have a hey real quick with Nelson Cruz. He's awesome. Let's do the hey real quicks for all the double dongers yesterday. There were three of them. Soler, Cruz, and Guriel. I hey real quick to all three of them. Hey real quick, Jorge Soler or Yasiel Puig? Yasiel Puig. Um, all right. Mostly just because of the stolen bases. For what it's worth, they are almost even in terms of where they rank in Roto. 17th yep. for Soler, 20th for Puig. But in points leagues, Soler's 18th and Puig's 29th. They're both hitting about the same, 253, 256. Uh I don't know that you can expect much better from Solaire in batting average. You might be able to get better than that from Puig, maybe like 270. Uh, Solaire, 31 homers, 79 RBIs. Puig, 22 homers, 63 RBIs. Solaire has not stolen a base, and Puig has 16 of them. So I could see an argument in Roto. I mean, I I don't know. Before yesterday, I would have said Puig no matter what, but he's got 31 home runs, Jorge Solaire. Like, that is really, really good. Yeah, but... <sighs> That's kind of all he does. It is. And, you know, Puig, I think you can make an argument, especially in points leagues, that it might be closer because Puig's plate discipline isn't any better than Jorge Soler's really. But in a Roto League, Puig got off to such a bad start that, you know, what he's done for the last two and a half months, maybe that's not, maybe it's not fair to just say, well, that's who he is now. But he's been so much better. It's really been about two months. Um, I just, yeah, I'd rather have that type of player. I tend to agree. I know that the numbers don't support us, but I tend to agree. But but you know, you should you should value Yasiel Puig. I mean, uh, Jose, Jorge Soler. He's had a really yeah. really good year. Top twenty outfielder. Hey, real quick, Bryce Harper and his eight twenty nine OPS, or Nelson Cruz and his ten fifty two OPS. It's more than two hundred points better than Bryce Harper. Cruz or Harper? Real quick. I mean, Nelson Cruz has been objectively better this season. The only argument for Harper would be that he has outfield eligibility. Well, and, Puig is Solaire's been objectively better than Puig. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, also Nelson Cruz is on an incredible run right now. He had yes. two, three homer games in like ten days or something. He doubled on yesterday, so he's really upped his his standing what would you say harper or cruz i'm gonna say cruz over the last 16 games nelson cruz has a an ops over 1600 what was his ops before these 16 games um i'm not sure i want to see an article before he went to the injured list in mid-may he had an 865 ops okay that's still better than harper yeah Yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know how you take Harper over Cruz. In points, the plate, the the walks, 
and the strikeouts have gone down for Harper enough that over the last uh, you know month or two that you can make an argument that his plate discipline could give him an edge. And uh, Nelson Cruz has an 1176 OPS since coming back from the IL. Kind of crazy. So far in August, Bryce Harper's struggling. He's batting 200. It's only six games. 200 with one home run. Uh, July was fine. 259 with three home runs. 13 walks, 17, or no, excuse me, 17 walks, 25 strikeouts, and one steal. You know, the OPS is always going to look kind of high for Harper because he walks so much, but I'm more interested in the P than the O. (laughs) No, the S than the O. I don't care, but the P is just plus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more interested in the S than the O. I want the slugging, not the uh, I mean, I want both, but yeah, he's not. No, but that is a, a fair point when it comes to fantasy is that slugging is going to lead to more RBI. On base percentage, obviously, will lead to more runs, but slugging will also lead to runs. So if you're talking about, you know, from a real baseball perspective, on base percentage is the more valuable stat in terms of telling you a player's value. But in fantasy, slugging is going to be the more valuable Yeah, uh, stat. All right, Yuli Gurriel, who doubled on, much to Chris's chagrin. Uh, or Eduardo Escobar. Yuli Gurriel or Eduardo Escobar? that's one where I may take Gurriel. I do want to point out that his average home run distance this season is 390 feet, which is below the likes of Colton Wong, Ty France, Gene Segura. However, it's also one foot shorter than Carlos Correa. So there's the left field in Houston that you have to account for, but no, Yuli Gurriel, fine. He's had a, a nice run. But before this game, he had been pretty miserable. Well, he'd been pretty Yuli Gurriel. He had been three for nineteen with two doubles in his previous five games. It's not a huge but even before slump. that, he hadn't homered in like twelve or something, and he was hitting like two eighty in that span. But very little power. That is Gurriel. Yeah, that is Gurriel for you. But you'd still take him over Escobar, who we kept saying sell high, sell high at the All Star break is a big overachiever. And look, he's batting two thirty two since the All Star break. He's on base at two eighty six. But he has seven home runs and three triples. A 516, nearly a 300 ISO. It's like 284 or something like that. Um, So that's Escobar. You know, every time I see the box score that he keeps getting these extra base hits, I'm like, come on, really? I thought (laughs) thought we were supposed to be bad in the second half. So, all right. So so what's your final answer, Gurriel or Eduardo Escobar? Uh, I think I could take Gurriel there. All right. Uh, we have a couple of sponsors today. We have SeatGeek. Promo code is FANTASY for 10 bucks off your first purchase. By the way, if you're listening tonight, I did see a notification on my phone that they have a 10% discount off of football tickets, I believe. So they do have those types of things, and it, it ends midnight. So um, they do have those types of things on SeatGeek. Uh, again, promo code is FANTASY for 10 bucks off your first purchase. Our other sponsor is ZipRecruiter. If you are trying to hire someone, go to ZipRecruiter.com strike. Very, very cool technology. They take your job. They send it out to so many people. They sort through the uh, applications. They find the best matches for your job. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Oh, we got some mega duds. Mega duds from yesterday, Chris. John Lester, Jose Barrios, and to a lesser extent, Zach Greinke. But like, to be fair to Lester, he gave up 11 runs, but only 10 of them were earned. And <laughs> and Jose Jose Barrios gave up nine earned runs and only has a 324 ERA after and a 115 WHIP after that shellacking against the Braves. Uh, 
are are you okay dropping John Lester? Four forty six ERA, two horrible starts in a row, one forty one WHIP. Well, what was his ERA before the last two starts? Probably pretty good, right? I'm gonna guess it was three eighties. Let's find. I'll find out for you. Yeah, I want to. There was a tweet going around earlier um, that I can't find, but it was basically John Lester has one of these starts at this time of the year every year, and it was like seven straight years where like. <laughs> really? The first couple of weeks after the All-Star break, he has like a three innings, nine earned runs or ten earned runs kind of start, uh, which is kind of interesting. But I don't know how valuable it is. I I think you can drop him. I'm not saying you should, though. Okay, he had a 3.63 ERA. He was 9-6. and six. This is before his last two starts. Yeah. 110 strikeouts in 114 innings, and I will calculate the whip. 125 plus 26 divided by 114. Yeah, he's always had a high whip this year, 132. One thing I do want to point out about Barrios is he's been outstanding this season, really has. But he actually has a worse Sierra this year than he did last year, and his FIP is only slightly better. Um, Yeah, you've always been. You hate Barrios. You hate his guts. I love Barrios. Sure you do. I just think he might be a little bit overrated for fantasy. Well, I, I was really, you know, harping on the fact that he was going to take advantage of the of easy matchups, but the Indians are no longer an easy matchup for what that's worth. Uh, you know, he should he should have a good record. He should be better than ten and six. He's ten and six, Barrios. He gave up nine runs, two homers against the Braves. And I love the whip. One fifteen whip, that's really good. You do you look at recent Recent starts, though, he's only had two quality starts, I think, in his last six. And they were at the White Sox and at Miami. So he Hmm. comes back from those two, which are really good. Gets crushed by the Braves. He gets the Indians this weekend. And then he's at Texas next week. We'll see how he comes out of those. I mean, I'm going to be higher on Barrios than Chris always. I just, there's, you know what? This is one of those things where, like, what the heck are you going to do? You're going to start him. You're going to start him no matter what. Yeah, no, that, and that's that's also my argument. It's never been that, like, Burrios is benchable, but just that, you know, he might not be an ace. Zach Greinke, six innings, five earned runs against the Rockies in his Houston debut. Nothing to see here, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe they maybe there's something about the Astros that makes them able to turn Aaron Sanchez into a Good pitcher, but they'll ruin Zach Ranky. That seems unlikely to me. <laughs> uh, okay, that's uh, that's the top of the show. We got a lot more. The Warriometer is coming up next. We got news and notes. Another Yankee gets injured. And uh, we're going to read some emails. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. Warriometer is up next after this break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Oh, Chris, you worried? You worried on this Wednesday? Almost always. Yeah. <laughs> Stereotypical. 
Josh Bell. He is now the number 12 hitter in points leagues, number 18 in Roto, batting 279 with 27 home runs. Jorge Soler has more home runs than Josh Bell. He hasn't homered since the All-Star break. In his last 50 games, Josh Bell is batting 202. He is walking. He is, you know, in those 50 games, he still has nine home runs, all of them before the All-Star break. Uh, but since the All-Star break, it's just been awful. 176 batting average, he is walking. 299 on base, but a 230 slugging percentage. Four doubles. Yeah, 0-10, to 10, worry I'm around Bell. Gosh, that... I don't know, because you shouldn't have expected him to be as good as he was in the first half. That This was something that was probably always going to happen, not to this extent. However, he's better than this. Um, so, no, I, I would say f- five. Yeah, I want to believe in him. So I, I think trade deadlines are over for a lot of people, but I'm in a what league that's it? still going. I, I, wouldn't, I, might, I might put out a Josh Bell offer. Here's something interesting. So his ex-woe before the season is 379, which is in the top 9% of baseball. So it's still very good. In April, it was 387. In May, it was 459. And then in June, it was 334, July 347. And then in the very early going in August, he appears to have earned every bit of his struggles. But what we're seeing is maybe Josh Bell not as an elite hitter, but maybe more as like a 350 to 360 Woba guy in which which translated to OPS is probably like mid-800s, which is very good, but not necessarily... Uh, the early round stud that we thought he might be. Okay. Bell, by the way, is going to get a few days off to sort of refresh. Uh, Garrett Cooper hurt his hamstring on July 31st. In his last 15 games, well, he went two for three yesterday at the Mets, but in the 15 games before that, Garrett Cooper was batting 128 with one extra base hit and one walk to 16 strikeouts. That's a lot of ones. That's not good. He, by the way, he has just a 20% fly ball rate this year and a 29.8% home run to fly ball rate. So, one, how worried are you about Cooper, 0-10? to 10, And two, why would y'all keep telling me that Garrett Cooper was so good? <laughs> <laughs> he makes really good contact. He doesn't necessarily, like you said, hit a lot of uh, fly balls. 20%, but he... my goodness, that's really bad. Yeah, and so... He was always more like, why was Garrett Cooper so good? Well, what does that mean? Like 20th best first baseman, 45th best for outfielder? Well, you know, he was being positioned on this podcast as a must-add player. Should, I mean, yeah, Should he have been? The, the, the 20th best first baseman, if he's available everywhere, is probably a must-add uh, player. Okay. Well, do you and think he's going to turn it around? Yes. Not to the extent he was before, but... Yeah, I, I believe in, in his hitting ability. Gary Cooper, worryometer. Four. Aaron Judge, worryometer. What are we worried about? Since the All-Star break, he has three home runs. Yeah, but 25 like, games. You don't have any <laughs> home runs. It's a zero for me. Yeah, so like 10 on the worryometer for Adam Azer. Oh, for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, Aaron Judge zero though. I'm sorry, what was his in- injury? It was a it oblique. was a hand injury. Right? It was oblique. Okay, oblique injury. That is certainly a worrisome injury, but he's still hitting the ball 
literally harder than anyone yeah, in baseball. Yeah, His yeah. average exit velocity is 97.5 miles per hour, so I'll say zero. Okay. Justin Upton, he homered yesterday, drove in three, he walked twice. But for the year, Justin Upton's been terrible. 213 batting average, 303 on base, 393 slugging percentage. Six homers in 34 games, one steal. Upton had one hit in his previous six games before a good day yesterday. Worryometer on an 82% owned Justin Upton. Yeah, I think it's got to be like a seven or an eight. Uh, his average exit velocity is down to 87.2 miles per hour. He'd been between 89 and 91 in the previous four seasons during the StatCast era. So he's another guy who has earned pretty much every bit of his struggle so far. This isn't bad luck. Um, maybe that toe is still bothering him. So, yeah, seven or eight. Would you drop Justin Upman for Tall Bachman or Mike Talkman? Not for Tall Bachman. Probably not for Mike Talkman. How about for Adam Duvall or Robert Duvall? Uh, no, I don't think I would for either. Trent Grisham or John Grisham? <laughs> um, no. Okay. How about Willie Calhoun or... Um, that's getting a little... That's getting a little better. Yeah, or Willie Nelson? Um, I think I might do it for Willie Calhoun, but I, I'm a big Willie Calhoun fan. I believe in him a lot, and, um... You might not get the same answer from everyone on this podcast. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, that's Oh, one more on the worryometer. Stupid. I, I thought he was in a much deeper slump, but I don't think it's that stupid, actually. Last nine games, Keston Hira is batting 125 with two doubles, or two walks, rather. One double. Two walks, 12 strikeouts for Keston Hira. So he has cooled off. I was always a little bit worried because the plate discipline was so bad. Yeah. So, yeah, 0-10 to 10 for Hira, who, remember, at one point, a few weeks ago, he had been the number one second baseman in fantasy since his call-up. And yeah. he's come on tough times, Keston Hira. Yeah, I, I think I still view him more in the second half of the top 12, if that makes sense. But uh, four or five, yeah, the plate discipline is really bad. He strikes out a ton. Um. But it could be a situation where he's a little bit like Fernando Tatis, and it just doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, Tatis is, is I think, I think doing exactly what we expected. Like, the batting average is is falling. He's, strike, he's still striking out. But he's still, like, homered yesterday. So he was a sell high, but he wasn't like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be terrible if you keep him. We just wanted you to get some great, great value for Tatis. Hopefully you did for Hira as well. Uh, would you rather have Keston Hira or Jeff McNeila? <laughs> You're in a mood. <laughs> yeah. I've been... um, I think I might rather have McNeil. Yeah, I've, I've been really weird lately. Uh, Keston Hira or Daniel Murphy? Hira. Okay. And uh, injuries, news, and notes. Labor Torres left with a core issue. He might have to go on the IL. I should probably check the headlines because uh, this is all from last night. So I'm going to do a quick search, see if there's any updates. Alex Verdugo is on the IL. He has an oblique strain. And I just feel like this is another way to get Gavin Lux up. I don't know if they are interested in playing Lux at second base. But you move Muncie to first, you move Bellinger to the outfield. And we're in Lux. Uh, yeah, and I'd like to see that. His profile is really impressive. It, it looks a little bit like Willie Calhoun's when he was in the minors. Um, 
except Gavin Lux apparently has improved enough defensively that people can envision him at least as a shortstop long-term. Tony Gonsolin, who we talked about yesterday, he was sent to AAA, but he could be back soon. However, it might be as a reliever. It doesn't seem like the Dodgers exactly know what they're doing with their rotation. They will get Hyunjin Ryu back on Sunday, most likely. Couple of bullpen items. Jose LeClerc appears to be the closer, but Sean Kelly is back based on some comments from Chris Woodward. It seems like Jose LeClerc has yeah. that job. Yeah, I think that's that should be the expectation moving forward. Meanwhile, Arizona DFA'd Greg Holland. So I uh, I think Archie Bradley's gonna get the bulk of the saves there, but my guess. Uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, Archie Bradley has not been as good this season, but we've seen him pitch very well as a reliever in the past. And I think the fact that they might use him still for two innings or more than one inning probably limits the amount of saves he could get. You know? Sure. Uh, but still, Bradley, Bradley's someone to pick up. Tim Beckham suspended 80 games for a PED violation. Cubs reliever Brandon Kinsler's on the IL in case you were looking at him for some stopgap saves. Pedro Strope is back, but he will not be in the mix for saves while Kimbrel's out. Christian Yelich sat with a back issue yesterday and could sit today. Lorenzo Cain is day-to-day. Max Scherzer's not really making a ton of progress right now. It's something we got to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's actually... So what odds would I have to have given you before the season to get you to take Clayton Kershaw innings pitched in 2019 over Max Scherzer? Oh, boy. Uh, four to uh, Three to one. Three, only three to one. I was thinking more like twenty to one with the way people were talking about Kershaw and the way we were talking about Max Scherzer. Yeah, yeah pitchers could always get hurt. So he's he's only four behind. Yeah, he has pitched six innings in all Every twenty of his starts. He's averaging six and a half innings per start, and this was what I was saying before the season when comparing him to Walker Bueller because Bueller, there was just no way he was going to get to two hundred innings. They were just not going to let him do it. Kershaw is whenever he was healthy. They let him pitch deep into games last season. He was fourth in the majors in innings pitched after the All-Star break last year. Um, wow. And I think he's like close to the top 10 over the last calendar year. So yeah, He's been awesome. And his strikeouts have been really good lately, lately at least, yeah. right? I mean, it's going to be really interesting what we do with Clayton yeah. Kershaw next year. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Rangers are going to call up starting pitcher Colby Allard to start at Milwaukee on Friday. Interested? He had a yeah, he had some work with the Braves and it didn't go well. But. Yeah, I'm moderately interested in him. He was someone who was a top 50 prospect, I believe, in baseball at one point. Um, just kind of fell off prospect maps as he's struggled to get strikeouts in the high minors. Um, so we'll see. You know, definitely not someone you want to ignore. Yeah, Colby Allard now with the Rangers. Uh, Ken Giles is not going to pitch back-to-back nights until further notice. Bo Bichette became the first player in MLB history to get 10 extra base hits in the first nine games of his career. That's from the Associated Press. Quite a start for Bo Bichette. And Jay Bruce could be back this week. Okay, we got some deep league guys. We got Mike Talkman, 25% owned. We talked about him yesterday, but he had another good game. He has 10 home runs. He homered yesterday. He has five hits and three homers. In two games, both uh, all three of them at Baltimore. So all three of the home runs, both of the games. 
299 batting average, 371 slugging or on base, 563 slugging, 10 homers, four steals in 60 games, crushing lefties, and he's a lefty. Do you want to talk about Mike Talkman? Yeah, that's the tough thing because I think he's more of a. I, I feel like he's more of a daily uh, leagues guy because of how good he's been against lefties. But he's a uh, lefty. Yeah, so that's what's hard to get your mind around. Um, I don't think he's someone who's must-add in all leagues, but definitely in daily leagues when he's in the lineup, he seems like someone you should be adding. Yeah, I tried to add him in a 13-team Roto League last night. I got outbid. I added him in a 12-team Roto League on Sunday. And what part of it was at the at the Orioles and at the Blue Jays this week, the matchups were great. So I'm not surprised he's having this good of a week. you got to figure there's a slump coming. At the same time, you don't have to worry as much about playing time right now because, one, he's hot, and two, Aaron Hicks is out. So that's a good thing for Talkman. I don't know that he'll start every day against righties necessarily, but well, that, so, okay, against I'm lefties, I mean. Now, yeah. He has a 600 bat against lefties. 600? That's 600's pretty good. <laughs> that's high. Um, he's been very good against righties. So I, I would expect, yeah, looking into it now... It, I would expect him to be a lot better against righties moving forward. Uh, okay. He's hitting for more power. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, Mike, Mike Talkman. Talk. Now, Travis Demerit, Tigers. Talk. What's that? Good talk, man. Good talk, man, yeah. Travis Demerit, Tigers outfielder, is 5% owned. He has stolen two bases in six games. Anytime somebody comes up and steals like that, you got to take a look. He His career high in the minors was 17 steals in 2016, but Demerit only four steals in 96 games in AAA this season. So I'm not quite sold that he's going to be a steal source. Uh, meanwhile, there's a guy named Aristides Aquino. Yeah. He's big. His nickname is The Punisher. He awesome. destroyed a ball yesterday to center field. He's batting 438 with an 813 slugging percentage in six games. Five of them are starts. Aristides Aquino is a Reds outfielder. He changed his stance to a now a wide open stance. He had a closed stance before. And really wasn't so great in the minors, but had a 992 OPS in not in the PCL, but in the International League this season. Yep. So this is an interesting guy at 5% owned. Yeah, looking at it, he looks like someone who um was just kind of an all-or-nothing power hitter throughout his minor league career. And, you know, as you move up the minor league ladder, that can you can start to get exposed a little bit. And he had a 678 OPS in his first stint at AA, 754 in his second. Um, but then he gets to AAA, and they're using that, even in the International League, home runs are way up because um, they're using that major league ball, and it's juiced, and it's going to go a little further. And... Maybe that can be the difference for a fringy power hitter like Aquino, where Aquino. if what's that? Aquino. Aquino. Yeah. If he's you know a pretty good power hitter, but with a a middling skill set otherwise, but all of a sudden he's hitting ten more home runs every year, that can make a big difference. Yeah. All right. So that's Aristides Aquino, five percent owned outfielder for the Reds. A Q U I N O. Oh, wonderful. Let's take a quick break. Why, that was such a weird... Wonderful. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, three-man rotation, fringy starting pitchers, bullpen updates, and your emails on Fantasy Baseball Today. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. 
All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Before the show started, I said, Chris, you got to stand out. And he said, well, I think I got to stand out. Uh, how about Zach Wheeler? It's like, no, no, boring. But now you can make him a standout. He did stand out. Eight scoreless innings, five Ks against Miami. Yeah, he's actually been, you know, an, an issue for him, especially early, was the control. He hasn't, I believe he hasn't walked more than two batters in a start since April which is pretty stunning. And since the All-Star break, he has been outstanding. 19 strikeouts, one walk. 19? Is my math off there? No, that's right. Uh, 19 walks, 19 strikeouts to one walk and 20 in a third innings. Um, and even going back towards the end of June, his last six starts, he has a 287 ERA, 41 strikeouts, only six walks. That's really impressive for a guy who has always had kind of middling command and control, but he's gotten even better than his breakout last season in that regard. I think there's a lot to like about Zach Wheeler. He was someone who was uh, on my second half by lows uh, at the all-star break, and he's really coming together. So Wheeler, it's a three-man rotation tonight with Wheeler, or today with Wheeler, Michaelis, and, and Erman Marquez. So I'm going to ask you to rank them. And, and if you went back to Monday's show, when I tried to preview Monday night's games, but I actually previewed <laughs> Tuesday night's games, I said start Armand Marquez at Houston, start him on every road start. He had a 320 ERA on the road before that start and had a great start at the Yankees, had a great start at Cincinnati, whatever, um, and, and just shut out, shut out the Dodgers over six innings at home. Uh, Michaelis, I was very iffy on, and I think at the end I was like, I don't feel comfortable telling you what to do on Miles Michaelis, which is, I'm sure, exactly what you wanted to hear on a fantasy podcast. Michaelis was very good. Six and a third, two runs, seven strikeouts at the Dodgers. Marquez was bad. Five innings, five runs, two homers at Houston. So how, do, how would you rank Wheeler, Michaelis, and Marquez? Wheeler, Marquez, Michaelis. Okay, I agree. I think most people agree. But some people are going to want to drop Armand Marquez. It's like, if you can't use him on the road, then when okay, can you use it? But I think you can. This was, yeah. what, the first time he's been bad on the road? Uh, I guess he wasn't great in that start at Arizona in, on, in the beginning of July. But before that, it had been since June 5th that he'd allow, allowed more than two earned runs in a start on the road. So, no, I, I'm... You're you're still starting him everywhere uh, when he's on the road, and Armand Marquez is going to be someone I'm going to be very very excited to draft next year because oh. there's no way he can be this bad, um, and your your expectation should be more like an overall four ERA rather than a four eighty ERA. 
Fringy starting pitchers. Dylan Cease was good enough. Got the win. Five innings, two runs, six strikeouts at Detroit. Anthony Discafani was not good enough. He gave up two home runs. He gave up four runs in five and a third against the Angels. Asher Wojciechowski, we're probably done with him. Two brutal starts in a row. And next week, not the worst matchups for Asher Wojciechowski uh, at the Yankees and at Boston. He could be at Colorado and at Boston. Yeah, not the worst. In all honesty, the Yankees lineup is not special right now. But still, they're the ones who just destroyed him yesterday. Jake Junis. Jake Junis is on a heck of a run. 323 ERA in his last six starts. More than a strike or a strikeout per inning. And he just did great at Boston last night. Um, 40% owned Jake Junis. 42% owned Brett Anderson, who I know Chris is not buying. But I said Dylan Cease, Anthony DiScafani, Asher Wojciechowski, Jake Junis, and Brett Anderson. Of those five, are there any that you'd be wanting to add right now? Yeah, Dylan Cease for sure. Um, struggled mightily with his control. Uh, in his first four starts, but he's got 12 strikeouts to three walks over his last two. Um, at Detroit, obviously, that's a maybe the the best matchup in baseball. But the Mets, you know, right now especially are are hitting the ball very well. Um, so him for sure, he's showing starting to show that potential. And and one thing that's really nice is they are letting him go deep into games. He's thrown at least 98 pitches in all six of his games, and he's gone over 104 of six. So. They're letting him throw a lot of pitches. But they're not. But he's not getting deep into games. Well, but, but that which no, it's a good are, thing. They are letting him yes. theoretically get he, deep into. He games just needs to if be. He can get there. Right. He needs to be more efficient, Dylan Cease, because he has thrown ninety-eight or more in all six starts, but only twice has he pitched six innings. Yeah. So, good... what about Fulton Nevich versus Fulton Nevich and Lamet versus Cease? Uh, I guess I'd rank them Lamet, Fulton, Cease. Okay. But. I'd kind of be hoping Fulty is owned in my league, so I don't have to go at him. How about <laughs> how about Jake Junis? I just don't buy it. Uh, he hasn't been this kind of strikeout pitcher before. Um, I I sincerely doubt he's going to keep this up. It's a nice run, but guys have nice runs. He's so homer prone, Jake Junis, that it, it doesn't yeah. take much for things to go south. Or really, I guess they go north because, you know, they're home runs. Well, I don't know what direction Kauffman Stadium is facing. Although, to his credit, he has the same home run rate this year that he had last year, which is always a good thing when in this environment. But it's 1.6 per nine last year was outrageous. How's 1.6 per nine this year? Still, it can't be good. Not good, yeah. <laughs> uh, bullpen notes, Shane Green stunk again. I don't know what to say at this point. It was a non-save. coming. It, it, this no, I no, not this. Non-save situation at least, but his career terrible. is not good. But it's not that like he's had a good year before. Sure, he's had a single good year before. <laughs> but this was his second uh, good year. Kind of. It was his second good half season, but we we're right. talking about he had thrown what 38 innings before getting to the Braves. Like that's 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 what Jake Junis has thrown in his last 6 innings. His last 6 starts. Actually <laughs> One less inning. Yeah. So this is something we have to keep in mind with relievers when we're talking about half seasons or even when we're talking about full seasons is. I know, I know, I know. We don't have to go through this again. All right, Shane Green, I, I don't think he's going to lose the job, but I don't. it won't be Luke Jackson. 
Uh, no, I would if if you were speculating on anyone, and I just don't think that's worth it right now. Uh, Mark Melanson would be the guy. Okay, Rice uh Yeah, what's his name? Swarzak pitched the eighth yesterday, but it was a it was a blowout win. It wasn't a safe situation. Rice Iglesias is hopefully turning things around. Last seven appearances, six and a third, three hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts, no earned runs at least. Uh, that's Iglesias. And Matt Albers got a save from Milwaukee yesterday. I wouldn't expect that to keep happening, but he does have. One earned run allowed in his last 10 appearances. It was yesterday. Josh Hader threw an inning and a third on Monday. Yeah, I, there are probably going to be some openings for saves uh, in Milwaukee, just like what I talked about with uh, Archie Bradley. You know, they use Hader for more than one inning, so whatever. Freddie Peralta, I'm pretty sure, was terrible last time out. Whatever. I don't think we need to talk about this anymore. But that would be um, Matt Albers. So uh, I want to read some emails here. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really surprised and flattered about the amount of emails we've been getting lately so let me see from this this is from dodger fan in the bay uh so funny that the giants didn't trade anyone and now are plummeting out of the wild card yeah i know (coughs) who didn't see that coming like that is the Mm. why do you guys automatically dismiss ahmed rosario whenever someone gives you a list of who to add or drop mostly adam i've noticed yankees versus Mets thing (laughs) No, I just don't think he's that good. Why like why are people adding Ahmed Rosario? That's what I want to know. There was the hope. I get I mean he Yeah, there was the hope that he'd be running more this season. Um I don't know. Is he doing he he's hitting the ball well lately. He has a 962 OPS over the last 28 games, so that's why. Um but it's come with a 397 Babip. It's come with decent plate discipline, but not great um, and not enough power where you think, okay, that he's, he's really taking a step forward. Um, so no, I, like he's fine to add, but I don't think he's in the top 15 or 18 at shortstop. Okay. Adam, I hope that add him, not Adam. I hope that was uh, good enough. This is from Benjamin. Dear Sherlock monk and Columbo. Okay. I rank them Monk, and then I don't care. Monk is one of my uh, all-time faves. Top five show for me. I love the BBC Sherlock. Big fan of that. Stereotype. Any insight on whether Kyle Tucker will ever be called up again? It's so weird because there were a lot of reports. Um, you know, Our Jim Bowden had talked about it on the Fantasy Baseball Today uh, video show that we did uh, for the last like two months. And he mentioned it a couple times that there seemed to be an indication that the, the Astros had soured on that, Kyle that hinch. He's not a hinch guy that or hinch sure. hinch doesn't love Tucker. Like the front office likes him, but yeah, maybe and there's some work ethic, right? Made untouchable at the all-star break, according to reports. So that's, um, that one's hard to square a little bit. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what to make of that. Um, yeah, I said work ethic. I don't know that it was specifically his work ethic. I should walk back on that. But it's just something like he's not a all-out baseball junkie. I, gosh, this is actually quite irresponsible of me to not remember for sure. But I think that's what was said. No, I, I think the, the general gist was that they that Hinch just wasn't a fan. Whatever the specifics were, that seemed to be the case. And I don't know. He's still hitting, but, you know, he has a 903 OPS at AAA. He had a 989 OPS last year. Given the uh, 
the juiced ball, he's actually hitting worse this year relative to the league. So that's a little concerning. Yeah, I think we'll see him eventually, but you're probably going to need to see at least one injury in the outfield. Good news is he's still only 22 years old. Okay. Next email is from Casey. Do you think Domingo Herman is going to get shut down? I was just offered Luis Castillo for Fultonevich and Herman. Do you think I should accept? Yes, yes, yes. Get Castillo. Yeah, I'm fine with making that trade, but but shut down. I, he's not going to get shut down. Something's going to happen. I sure. Th- yeah, I don't know about shut down, but I don't think he's making every start. I don't think he's starting every five or even six days. They seem to be concerned about the innings. That, even Aaron Boone said we're going to have to address it at some point. Mm-hmm. So something's going to happen. So if you can get Luis Castillo for him and Fulton Evich, yeah, I think you'd do that. Yeah, no, I getting Castillo. Is this a keeper league? No. Getting Castillo for, for Armand straight up? Yeah, I don't get it. That's, a, that's an easy win even if Armand was going to pitch the rest of the season. Yep. From Carl... Because Fulton Evich isn't making that big of a difference in that trade. From Carl, I give up Trevor Bauer. I get Chris Bryant in a points league. Which side do you like? Give up Trevor Bauer, get Chris Bryant. Yeah. Probably just depends on whether you need pitching or hitting. I'm sorry that's not helpful. I'd rather have Bryant. If I were drafting right now, I'd draft Bryant first. Probably. This is from Kurt in Kingsville, Ontario, Canada. Apparently, I say Toronto wrong. I think it's supposed to be Toronto. Like T apostrophe Rano. Just letting everybody know. I've definitely heard that. Yeah. Hello to the Denim Boys, because it's all in the genes. Can you talk about what to do with Eloy Jimenez and or Fran Reyes? Should I cut bait on one or both um, to use bench spots? He could get... Oh, yeah. Like, you got to drop one of them for Bo Bichette. Other guys he could pick up are Willie Calhoun, Talkman, J.D. Davis, Sanel, Kingery, Savale, Patrick Sandoval, Sandoval uh, Dustin May, Brendan McKay. You know what? If you don't need them, how do you feel about this? If you don't need Eloy or Framil Reyes, I would cut them for Bo Bichette and Brendan McKay. <laughs> I would rather have Reyes than Jimenez at this point. And, yeah, you drop Jimenez for Bobachet. McKay for Fran Mill, it depends on whether you need pitching. I, I still believe Fran Reyes is going to be very good. So I feel like Eloy was actually getting pretty hot before getting hurt. Um, let's, let's check in on that. Yeah, I would say so. I'll go about a month. Okay. From... June 9th to July 16th, 9.47 OPS, 10 home runs. Yeah, he was really Eloy good in June. Jimenez. Yeah. It was his best month. And then he got hurt, and it, things have been sidetracked. So, look, the fact is I love Bo Bichette, and I really like Brendan McKay. Obviously, he's pitching. He's going to be pitching before most of you hear this against uh, Toronto. Or Toronto. So that could alter things. But Yeah, yeah. The, the thing for me is with Bichette and Jimenez, if both were prospects right now, Bichette might be the more highly ranked of the two. And also, like with Eloy and Fran Mil Reyes, because a lot of owners are probably frustrated, you're not dropping him for Mike Talkman. You're not dropping him for J.D. Davis. Yeah. You're not doing it for Patrick Sandoval or 
Anthony DiScafani. Like it's got to be someone that you love. Got to be someone you think can make a difference because there's still the chance that Eloy Jimenez can be a difference maker. Oh man, I don't have um, I don't have music for this. I want. I wish I had the regulators' music. All right, fantasy regulators. Boom, bum, 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 uh, big debate in our league regarding how divisions should be structured. S- two divisions of six teams or three divisions of four teams. You shouldn't have divisions. What's the point? You know, you, you don't have to. You don't have to account for travel, uh, like they do in in real sports, which is the only reason that divisions really make any sense anymore. Is to consolidate the amount of miles that teams have to travel during a season. I'm just realizing uh, now this is a football email, but I think it works anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't see much point in having divisions. It just kind of further exacerbates the like, oh, you got lucky because of your schedule, which I don't mind in general, but once you add divisions in there and like a team makes the playoffs because they happen to play in a crappy division, that that I'd rather not do, but two teams of six if you really have to. I like divisions i do i like to divide people so yeah you're trying to keep us divided yeah I don't that <laughs> that's what i would do all right one more tr- uh, one more email here grade the trade dynasty league head-to-head 10 team head-to-head dynasty league give up carlos correa and nelson cruz get george springer i hate this trade I'm telling you now i hate it george springer marcus simeon jose abreu and sean doolittle <laughs> he needs an outfielder, so I get it because you're getting Springer. But the yeah. next two players, like Correa and Cruz, and then you're getting Simeon Abreu and Doolittle for Correa and Cruz. You're also yeah, getting I mean, Springer. The one thing is if you're passing on, if you're keeping Nelson Cruz, you've got to like be a championship contender this year or next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only thing that would make me like if you're if you're fringy, this isn't going to make you a contender, probably, unless you've got someone awesome at DH that you can replace uh, Cruz with. But I, I think I would pass if you're competing right now. All right, Chris, we are done for the day. A wonderful cool. worryometer Wednesday for you here. We'll come back tomorrow with another edition. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Your emails, by the way, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Send them in. For Chris Towers, I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you tomorrow.